hello everyone welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies now before you jump on to listening to this episode wait take a breath smile get your regular dose of life changing entropy here on everyday talkies hello guys welcome to a new episode of everyday talkies we are back with the eighth episode yeah the eighth episode and the seventh chapter of guns germs and steel it's called how to make an almond yeah before we go ahead let's introduce no not introduce let's welcome our co-host pushkar hello hello today is all about nuts let's just get this over with no more nuts joke in the course of the entire episode so pushkar any other jokes that you have prepared i can't promise that uh, i can't it happens naturally but can't force it you know like, uh, much like uh, plant domestication it happens naturally true true you know what uh, let's flip the roles today let me take a tough part that is summarizing what has happened for the past 7 episodes oh wow this is this is such a nice gift thank you so if you, people who are who have stumbled upon this episode don't worry like i'll be super happy if you go back and listen to all the episodes but if you don't have the time don't worry i'll just quickly summarize this in 2 or 3 minutes what happened in the past 6 or 7 episodes and then we'll jump into the contents for this chapter without any further delay let me begin guns germs and steel is the name of the book we are reading and we are trying to explain what's happening through this book and jared diamond has written this in the first chapter yali's question right that was not the chapter it was a pre, it was a prologue where he mentions that how he was researching in uh, yali and one of the politicians asked him this question that why are people in europe have more tech than us and he used some colloquial words but let's not go into the depths listen to that episode and that is i think basically the question that author uh, tries to answer in the entire book and we have started now getting some answers it has been tough five six chapters where we were just getting examples especially in the first chapter where we learned how humans evolved from 7 million years ago to 13000 years ago we started from africa and then distributed in the entire world exterminating plants and animals wherever we go and in the second and third chapters we learned the experiments by nature the first one maori and the moriori's that was in the polynesian islands and in the second one i think was spaniards in, in the inca empire that was inca empire is in south america and spaniards in spain <laughs> for people who are weak in geography like me yeah so after that just uh, learning how farming is good right then how basically it helped in the spurt of civilizations and population and where did it first come out and then last chapter i think which was i think the most interesting part i would say where we got one of the answers where why did farming basically or uh, domestication of plants and animals start at around 8 8000 bc that was around 11000 years ago and why was it only in the particular time okay i'll not give you the answer at least you can listen to the last episode guys please <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming to this chapter basically this is one of those chapters where the author tries to answer that why were certain plants domesticated that, that they were right let's say that why did we start with domesticating wheat or you know let's say strawberries rather than something totally different why do we eat the food that we eat today it's all basically that yeah that is the major question and uh, now i'll give it to pushkar start us off with what does jared diamond want us to say in this chapter okay so the chapter is named how to make an almond and uh, as uh, to my disappointment disappointment it wasn't about how to actually grow an almond but rather about how wild almonds that used to exist in the wild i guess they're poisonous enough to kill a person because they contain cyanide which i actually checked up on and it's like you have to eat like 10 12 kgs of almonds before you die of cyanide but that is you know in the modern era right no 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 i mean not in the modern era but even wild ones that right now i don't think like i didn't find a proof that they are that yeah but imagine you know wild almonds 11000 years ago i'm sure they're more potent in cyanide rather than now the ones that the feeble ones that grow now even the wild ones probably the cavemen used to keep them under their uh, teeth you know when they went on secret missions <laughs> 
this is a reference for uh, world war nerds whatever but anyway yeah he mentions that uh, these wild plants that were that had bitter shells and that were poisonous and that were not very pleasant to eat he goes into explaining the process of how they came about or why they came about evolving into the version that they are today it wasn't a conscious effort from the human civilization at first because they had no idea what they were doing and they had no idea what to look jared diamond goes into why this evolution happened this domestication as we call it and uh, he mentions a couple of reasons there's like stuff about the reproduction and the seeds of a plant and how they're carried in the beginning of the chapter he the question that he's trying to answer that you just rightly mentioned that you know why do we eat the plants that we eat today and how did it all grow right from the wild ones to the ones that we eat today uh, but he flipped the question in the first two pages very said that not just us and animals are the only ones who are living beings right plants are living beings themselves and as the basic property of living beings they survive to reproduce right they survive so that you know the progeny follows uh, they can grow they can uh, yeah all of that and they also evolve in ways where they can spread more yeah very poor design though i must say <laughs> instead of making just like five uh, immortal beings you make like uh, you know beings that have to self replicate and then die off themselves like it's uh, such a such a complicated process yeah yeah we are just denying charles uh, darwin's theory of evolution and we'll go to the eternal eternals right okay moving on but ha huh, so pushu you were saying that now we are basically trying to explore how did plants evolve they could spread from one place to other and we're not just talking about domesticated plants but wild plants as well like all the plants right <laughs> like the explanation was quite relatable like much like in the way that humans developed uh, all this uh, makeup and fashion and uh, all these standards of attraction and beauty uh, plants more or less did the same uh, to in order to reproduce which is uh, <laughs> weird so uh, you know they went for like bright colors that animals would be attracted to they went for um, softer shells and uh, tastier fruit it always blows my mind to learn that a, a fruit is basically just a plant's way of saying uh, come eat my seed no no it's a plant's way of saying come eat my fruit and throw my seed far away so that it can grow on its own like just imagine someone who is a big swamp thing fan it just like it brings up so many questions but anyway let's not go there it was interesting to learn that um, why certain plants were able to adapt more quickly to this uh, while certain others took much more uh, much longer and certain other plants that are still to this day not domesticated like humans still haven't figured out uh, how to domesticate these plants even though they do contain like stuff that is nutritional for us and you know some of the examples as you mentioned right the plants uh, growing fruits so that they can entice these animals the most obvious ones it's understood strawberry is for birds okay acorns is for squirrels understood we have but the most shocking one was mangoes are for bats you don't know this no i had no idea that mangoes evolved so that you know bats could eat them and, and it's not just mangoes you know there is a species of bats called fruit bats right that eat oh, yeah. fruits <laughs> yeah yeah similarly as plants evolved so that you know they could be more enticing for the animals so that and initially obviously animals populated most of the entire world but after that they also evolved because humans being another kind of animals to them they uh, they get it more enticing for humans so that they can eat them and throw the seeds away yeah basically anything that could move uh, plants were like i want that guy to take my seed which is again it's it's very weird to learn that the ancient humans right obviously they are in the process of hunting and gathering so and it's a arduous task right killing animals or you know finding plants that are suitable for them and their you know family i'm not sure whether the concept of like 
family and societies were developed back then whatever even for yourself right i mean there must have been right i mean you have to have like the maternal instinct and like the parental instinct must have been there from the start like you have to know that you made a, a small little human being and you have to take care of them if there wasn't like i don't think we would have thrived as a species yeah 100% like in that case making sure that you have enough food for your family you tend to go for bigger brighter things so you know bigger berries so you know they last you a for a long time so that is why you know crops like berries and other crops they developed these huge fruits so that humans could pluck them go eat them and when they poop the seeds come out and the seeds grow into new plants yes much like much like mad demon in the martian ha true true and that is actually how initial first cultivated crops grew beet potatoes beet cabbages first crops grew in poop houses human poop houses nothing else I mean, imagine that. And what was more interesting to me was these uh, mutations that happened, these domestications, as we call them, were actually uh, sometimes partly defects, you know, in the in the plants themselves. Correct. Like they were not self-sufficient. They kind of malfunctioned in a way that they had to rely on humans or animals to, uh, you know, uh, repro- help them reproduce. And which brings up an interesting point that all modern food that we eat is just a not a violation, but it's just a corruption of uh, the natural world in a way. It's weird. See, it's all about how you can survive, right? So let's say that when initially um, uh, there are a few examples which he mentions, right? Like the shocking one was wheat. Now, the wheat seed which grows on the top, it had a special peculiarity of shattering. So it used to shatter and it used to spread all the seeds, you know, in the nearby land, and new wheat plants used to grow. that was the the regulated method but when humans yeah came, i'm never going to be able to look at a plant the same way yeah true and when the humans came by uh, the wheat plant thought bro this is not happening if i shatter my seeds they'll not pluck it so one of the mutations now humans what they did was let's say there are numerous wheat plants growing and all the seeds are shattering and the seeds are spreading around but in one corner of the field there will be a wheat plant where the seeds are still intact that is a mutation now the ancient human thought oh great that is something which i can eat let me pluck that <laughs> and he plucked it and he ate that he defecated it and the seed led to new plant growth now when he realized that new wheat is growing what he did was he consciously plucked the mutated wheat plants and he started to grow them which which meant that you had more of these uh, mutated plants than the original wild ones and you know the defective genetic the defectively genetic plants uh, slowly outbred the wild uh, you know naturally growing plants which is it's it's such an interesting process like uh, first you have to, you have to have an uh, you know a genetically defective plant then you have to have the human uh, greed of you know eating that plant then you have to have the plant being pooped out like there's so many uh, <laughs> so many processes that we would call wrong or that we would call we would call bad that were involved in the creation of our modern civilization it's just funny to me and even plants were smart in that way you know they knew that let's keep the seed bittery so that we can spit it out and even if we eat the seed the shells were hard enough that they cannot be digested and they could just come out right from the poop i mean yeah jared diamond mentions that uh, any of you if you if you guys are adventurous and i plead this to my listeners to our listeners as well uh, if you want to try it go eat a seed and then uh, i guess check your pot every morning <laughs> <laughs> just to like uh, make a successful experiment but don't send pictures to us uh, we'll take we'll take your word for it uh, and you know it's not that this happened overnight it took a long time and just to give an uh, idea right 
the first wild almonds according to a research it was found around 11000 years ago but the first domesticated almonds you know the ones which we eat uh, today was found in 3000 bc so it was 5000 years after the first almonds wild almonds were found so it took 5000 years for the almond to lose its bittery taste for humans to find those mutant non bittery almonds pluck them eat them defecate them then let it grow or replant it and for the new generation of almonds to come out which were you know non bittery which were non poisonous and because of such a long timeline it's so interesting in hindsight you have to wonder like what are some things today that are in the process of that 5000 year evolution that we not oh, we may not that, even know about i think one example which he gives right that acorns acorns he says that that is something which is you know rich in protein it has all the uh, all the nutrients but we haven't been able to domesticate it because of its bittery taste and the hard shell and squirrels love it and because the just the amount of time it takes to grow an oak tree you know that gives us acorns a paragraph he talks about uh, where he talks about this faulty gene thing which i really uh, found interesting was uh, human farmers reverse the direction of natural selection by 180 degrees the formerly successful gene suddenly became lethal and the lethal mutant became successful over 10000 years ago that unconscious selection for non-chattering wheat and barley stalks was apparently the first major human improvement improvement in quotes in any plant that change marked the beginning of agriculture in the fertile crescent so you know if you go with the old adage adage that god created the earth and then god created humans and he gave us human will what we basically did with that human will was change earth uh, 180 everything that god created uh, true true and you know one more thing here was that just to let all our listeners know one of the most interesting fruits that you probably eat on a day to day basis were initially poisonous some example were lima beans i'm not sure whether that's too much famous it's not then comes watermelons potatoes eggplants and cabbages they were initially poisonous yeah i just made an eggplant uh, parmesan or melanzane the other day it was delicious uh, so you know good on you humans imagine those were initially poisonous and it, the first eatable eggplants and watermelons came from somebody's poop bro be thankful to him yes we we should be thankful to people for pooping what does what does life come and there were other characteristics right we talked about you know how bigger uh, berries attract us how tastiness attracts us you know and more fruit attracts us like you know fleshy fruits and like weirdly there is one thing that struck my mind that we've came around to like first we came around to uh, eating plants that uh, you know had like tasty fruit and whose seed we could uh, just pass like whose seed would not kill us and what not and now we've come to something like seedless watermelon i wondered how exactly do you reproduce a uh, seedless watermelon yeah so this was something which even i was wondering and then i think mentioned some of it it's not just only about the seed right they found out other ways to reproduce like if the stem stems are buried or the branches are buried then even that can grow into a new plant and then chinese developed a whole new process of grafting where they could they would take one part of the plant then put it onto a second plant and you know a new variation would come out yeah but the whole of chinese history is so uh, interesting to me because i don't know much of it mm-hmm. but so much of it so much so much of it is also um, rooted in like mystery and because the chinese uh, empire for the longest time was isolated right they did not let uh, foreigners in and you know there are, there are some very interesting things like uh, there's a, a fact i read uh, the other day just randomly was that uh there used to be elephants in china but they died out somewhere around 10th century i don't know i just like read that they you know died out and because because uh, they found uh, vases in china that belonged to the 10th century that depicted elephants on them and so like they could be kind of confused for indian ones but they were actually chinese 
okay there is a, a chapter totally you know devoted on chinese culture so maybe we'll learn more about it oh right 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 yeah i'm i'm yes we are excited for that so this is just like a teaser you know this is just like uh, how marvel has easter eggs <laughs> we learned right that there were multiple places where farming developed individually like independently so one was fertile crescent that is we talk about right that is again the turkey region and all of that then there was chinese region right where it grew and even in the modern era when we talk about the renaissance period right we always see that something was developed in the russian region and the us region parallelly or maybe in you know recent century so there is a very striking parallel growth which happened in the east and west of the world or the capitalists and the communist sections of the world which grew up parallelly no let's say let's say the old world and the new world yeah the old world but the old world europe also comes in but yeah i get your point okay but uh, maybe we are going too far ahead let's come back to 11000 years ago and we were talking about that how you know uh, size taste and all of that and there is one thing initially bananas had seeds and had no flesh but because nobody would eat that they grew to have enough flesh and now they have no seeds and then on the other hand we also preferred oily seeds and uh, plants with fibers so for oily seeds there are some examples like mustard poppies and olives and for fibers is for clothing right but uh, humans have come so far that we'll make oil out of anything like the <laughs> other day i saw someone uh, use duck fat in an ice cream so you know wow okay that's gross but moving on yeah as i was talking about fibers that initially plants knew that humans wanted clothing or i don't know how did they figure that one that thing out Clo- the clothes thing i think i think was mostly environmental right yeah, once yeah. you settle down in siberia i don't think you can uh... go for commando yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so <laughs> they had fibers and humans uh, got them so you know cotton hemp flask and all of these and we obviously talked about chattering and then other there was something called exploding plants so the seeds exploded to Uh, make sure that the seeds threw off in yeah, other areas yeah we still have a version of these you know that you know the, uh, that right like um my grandfather used to have these uh, plants in his garden i don't remember what they're called but they used to have these pods and when they were ripe enough if you touch them you didn't have to do anything if you just touch them they would just explode and the seeds would pop out and as a child it was very fascinating because you know a uh, pod goes boom uh-huh. and it's just like my little child brain went oh nice but it was so interesting to now read that what the reason was behind this and one common example which people can actually relate is peas you know peas come in that shell guys that was a lot smaller and it was on top of a plant and it used to explode <laughs> but because humans wanted to eat them it changed its way of growing it did not even do that it was more like the pea pods that were malfunctioning that were supposed to explode but didn't were taken up by humans and they were like oh look look at uh, this like peas in this pod let's eat those and let's plant those and that's how you know you had these malfunctioning pods that started uh, outgrowing the ones that were exploding and you know personally i just think exploding pods uh, would be much better we can still eat the peas but we can also get some theater out of it but what do i know <laughs> and you know one point he mentions that that let's say that there is a mutant pea and there is a normal pea growing now if there was cross pollination it was ve- if there was very easy cross pollination then there would be cross pollination between mutant pea and normal pea and then somehow a third variety of pea would come out and that would dilute one of the either properties right either it would dilute the popping plot or it would dilute the part where it did not pop and if that would keep on happening we would lose we would either we would either see because the mutant part is rare right because non popping peas are rare it would eventually die out and there will be more popping peas around and the humans would have never been able to domesticate pea but because these plants grew to evolve as self pollinators where they could not cross pollinate between each other humans could find these mutant beings and beat i think most of the crops we found the mutant beings we ate them we pooped them or we threw them and plants grew and we started cultivating them 
I'm sorry this whole time I'm just I was just holding back the the <laughs> the will to not make a pee joke. <laughs> you said pee and peeing and pees oh, so shit, many times. Shit. Oh god. I know. I realize it right now. Oh damn. This is going to be a fun recording. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This has been your pee segment. Let's go move on. Let's move on. The the other factors right that also helped plants grow was obviously climate. Now climate obviously is a huge huge factor in being human spreading from one place to another or you know shelter and all of that. And I think for every factor we will have environment play a role. and it happened with plants as well right so plants were uh, environment was very rapid right extreme cold or extreme hot or you know climate changing rapidly those plants developed thick coats thick armor and you won't believe wheat barley peas they were one of them they had thick skin and they survived those areas yeah but also the factors that led to its domestication were that uh, plants like wheat and barley were were quick, could be quickly grown they'd grow in a couple of months and you could harvest them and then regrow them so that kind of uh, propagated their domestication much faster and with like strawberries and raspberries and stuff those would take months like more than like a long time to grow right so they were domesticated like much later like 5000 years later and uh, i think that is why we did not uh, we were unable to grow uh, our domesticated acorns also right one of the reasons it takes decades for a acorn to develop and i don't think so humans have that much patience even back then yeah don't we are developing ways to grow things instantly these days you know we want our noodles in 2 minutes and what not so you know one nice example like in this i amidst all this plant talk he inserts a small little fact uh, about the fauna life which i absolutely enjoyed so there were multiple kinds of moths right moths are people who don't know moths think butterflies but ugly hey moths are not ugly moths are beautiful <laughs> okay beautiful no no they're good they're good guys so there were moths which were lighter in color they were the more dominant species but once industrial age came in right and the sky was all dark you know we had steam engines we had just we were just populating earth day by day and yeah, just uh, they imagine were... dystopia <laughs> and the world started to grow darker moths had to survive right and it's easy to find a white white moth on a black surface but it's tough to identify a black moth on a black surface so white moths were killed more often and black moths grew to survive and then they reproduced and more black moths came in so today that's why it's very 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 rare to find a light moth i don't know if it's in, even if it's there or not but yeah there are there are but like you that's why you have black moths as well and also you know uh, this is how you get godzilla and mothra like humanity should learn but then you know the fact is that no matter what you do animals will evolve in certain way if even if you keep if even if you try to keep nature at its best right you in adventent okay let's forget all the stuff words <laughs> whatever uh today so listeners anshul has been defeated by the by the word in advent <laughs> yes <laughs> pushkar to i'm happy we have collectively been defeated by the word in advertently okay yeah okay. okay yes we have defeated the english language we have uh, taken revenge revenge for colonization oh damn i completely forgot the point okay but okay let's move on yeah let's just come back let's just come back to the end uh, where he talks about charles darwin and um, in his origin of species he kind of uh, in the last paragraph tells us why it is important to learn about the domestication of plants and farming why it is important to know know this in context of the advancement of human civilization or just evolution in general you know he quotes from uh, charles darwin's origin of species uh, he says 
like darwin says i have seen great surprise expressed in horticultural works at the wonderful skill of gardeners in having produced such splendid results from such poor materials but the art has been simple and as far as the final result is concerned has been followed almost unconsciously it has consisted in always cultivating the best known variety sowing its seeds and when a slightly better variety chance to appear selecting it and so on so it's kind of ironic that charles darwin talked about the evolution of plants in term in terms of natural selection that somehow it was it was it was nature that selected these plants to be better but actually it wasn't it was humans it was us like we created this uh, this new these new varieties and these new mutations of plants that were domesticated this wasn't nature this was us so it is it's kind of interesting let's flip this around we always credit ourselves being the you know great creatures as we are we think of ourselves <laughs> we credit ourselves that you know we tamed farming we learned farming but no it was plants who wanted to survive that's why they grew to our liking so that they could grow themselves okay i mean you could you could make that argument in some cases yeah and you know just one more props to the uh, our you know old ancestors most you know 90% of what we eat today were grown around 5 to 8000 years ago yeah and in the recent years we only were able to find out these small new berries like blueberry or cranberry and nuts like yeah. macadamia nuts or cashew nuts and pecans other than that our basic staple diet wheat barley and potatoes watermelons or fruits or whatever all comes back from 5 to 8000 years there's nothing great that we're doing right we're just trying to improve it and after green revolution just adding more fertilizers in trying to grow it genetically seedless versions and all and all of that just trying to do the same thing but in a more faster way see like you're you're now coming to what picasso said when he saw the lascaux paintings is like uh, humanity has invented nothing but well i think that brings us basically to the end of the book and i don't want to end on such a grim note i mean it's an interesting note like you can ponder on it yeah you should and i think that is the aim of uh, you know us learning about all of this and making sure that all of you learn as well right that it's not hating ourselves or hating the present generation of humans because i'm sure we are progressing in other sectors of life but it's also to understand where we came from i mean we can't we can't blame ourselves too much we learned how to make ice cream out of macadamia nuts so you know that's been your uh, that's been your nut joke for the <laughs> episode yeah and don't worry uh, and like uh, don't forget it's the only nut that grew in australia only domesticated plant that we could get from australia yeah australia is so wild you cannot domesticate any nuts other than macadamias okay too many jokes uh, too many nut and tree jokes guys uh, but uh, thank you for listening this has been a really great episode we learned a lot of things we learned why plants evolved the way they did and how we came to domesticating them and you know i'm now liking the pace of the book how jared diamond is really answering the questions he poses in the starting of the chapter so yeah what about you bushkar yeah this has been really interesting so far it's making me question a lot of things it's making me realize a lot of things i'm getting so much content to uh, i shouldn't say content i'm getting so much uh, information to chew my you know food for thought basically to chew on and to wonder and to ponder and you know how, like being able to relate these things with my personal experiences as well as other things such as literature and movies and what not just the amount of information that we have today that we see randomly that we can relate back to these ancestral things these things that took place you know 5000 10000 years ago it's it's so interesting i i hope i can get more in, insights like this in the coming chapters it's going to be interesting and you know more nut and peas jokes <laughs> true i think the next chapter basically talks about apples or indians so i'm not sure which indian he is referring to but we'll get to know in the next episode stay tuned thank you guys and we'll catch you in the next episode bye keep your nuts uh, warm thank you for listening to this episode 
follow us on social media and do let us know if you want to be part of the next episode till then live long and prosper